0: Hello and welcome back to the How The Fuck podcast. This week, I caught up with an old face from the show, Jake Stainer, the co-founder of the SaaS SEO agency, Scale. Long-time listeners will remember Jake as the ex-head of growth at Typeform from the Typeform case study, where we heard all about their SEO strategy and the revenue-focused growth model behind it. Jake is back, this time to talk about a new core concept his team has been using to not just drive traffic, but to drive inbound growth for their clients. If you make it to the end of this episode, here's what you'll find out. One, how to build the SEO engine that companies like HubSpot, MoonPay, UserZoomPictorChart and Maze have under the hood. Two, how to pioneer your category for your search, winning growth even when no one is searching for what you do. Three, how to avoid wasting your search visitors. Most traffic reads your content and then leaves, but not anymore with the three-step process that we talk about on this episode. Four, a simple yet powerful technique for backlink building that will put you miles ahead of your competitors. The case study today focuses on Jake's work with a company called Maze. They've grown their engine from zero to 900 new users a month over the past couple of years, which I estimate to be way over 81,000 in monthly revenue. It's a wonderful story, and as usual, it's jam-packed full of value. I really hope you enjoy this one, guys. As always, listeners can access 30-plus written SEO case studies that detail the ins and outs of strategies like this one. We've now also got a growing template library to help you get more results for less. It's definitely worth checking out, and I'll drop both the links for those below wherever you're listening to this episode. This is a paid advertisement from our sponsors. UseUp is a performance-driven SEO agency that helps ambitious brands get high-authority backlinks and make SEO their customer growth engine. I've personally built a high-scale SEO content strategy, and if I could go back, the one thing I wish I did was fuel that traffic with backlinks. We grew so much slower because we thought we could win on the quality of our content alone. And frankly, even though it was 10 times better than our competitors, a lot of that content didn't rank. It was only when we started proactively claiming backlinks that traffic went from 10% a month growth to 20% a month jumps. Almost all the crazy SEO growth stories on this podcast were ran alongside ambitious PR campaigns and professional backlink building, which helped fuel authority and actually underline their traffic growth. It's all about authority and perception. Those things take time to build organically without a backlink part. That you can trust. UseUp can be that partner. I'm also so proud to welcome Workello as a brand new sponsor to the podcast. Uh, one of the things that we hear again and again on this podcast is that hiring great writers at scale is mission critical to getting search results fast. One of the only ways to find quality writers really is to continuously advertise, vet, test, and fill the top of your funnel with new candidates. And I can honestly say for me, this has been the most frustrating and time-consuming part of scaling content but Workello has made that easy. They automate the entire hiring funnel, specifically for finding writers, editors, and content managers, any type of role really that requires a lot of writing. And basically it's like a CRM for hiring writers. You can evaluate hundreds of candidates to just simply pick the top 1% in like 30 minutes. All that painful kind of vetting and testing and rejection, emailing, etc., is automated. A lot of top brands like Copy.ai are using Workello at the moment. And if you wanna test them out yourself with your team, they have a free trial at workello.com, and you'll also get 10% off When you use my referral link which i'll place in the show notes below hi jake welcome back to the podcast so i think for people listening you will recognize jake from the case study we did before jake was ex head of growth at typeform and yeah like we amazing story obviously but i think now i'm super excited to get into like more about what you're doing now who you've worked with since and yeah learn about obviously i think we didn't really touch on it enough but like you obviously started Mm -hmm. an agency since since yes. Tom's Um, Yeah, so like, what are you doing now? What, what's what's the name of your agency? I actually really like the name of your agency. So
1: the name of the agency is Scale with a K, not with a C. The idea behind is we want to help scale up revenue for SaaS brands around the world. It came from scratching an itch. The itch was how to do link building, right? So Scale was born originally from the pain of how can SaaS brands do really good human-centered link building? Mm. At scale and drive results because in in SaaS like that's a big pain. you have to drive links to drive growth. And mm. since then, scales scaled <laughs> to new heights. And we do more than just link building. So we do strategy that we also call like growth SEO. We do on-page tech, uh, and also we launched content creation a few months ago. So it's like a new service. We haven't publicly announced it, so it's like an exclusive on nice. the podcast that we launched content creation a few months ago. And now we basically do everything 360 for SEO. And we basically say that we build SEO revenue engines for SaaS by doing all of these key different things.
0: Oh, cool. Okay, well, so you started more as a link build, like link building and like solving, but like doing that well, which is an attitude a lot of link builders don't go out with, I think. So that's already, and then growth modeling, but now you've got like the full engine. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So we can design the strategy, we can launch the content, the tech, the links, everything to actually drive the revenue gap. I think technical SEO is pretty important too. I was on LinkedIn yesterday and I was nosing around and I saw there's 67,000 SaaS brands on LinkedIn. but only 30 technical SEOs that work for SaaS brands. So I thought that was Hmm. a pretty interesting statistic. It's funny, I'm
0: seeing a lot of people hating on technical SEO at the moment as well on linkedin i don't know i'm not sure exactly why but i think as an seo community maybe we have a, some people over focus on like yes yeah you spend millions on getting your core web vital up a point and then people are like like you said like you got the whole growth engine that's probably a bigger part but you should no one should yeah. also forget
1: technical seo it's yeah you can't forget it seo is so broad which makes it so difficult but obviously you can't focus on one thing and expect the other thing to occur like you can't be really good at tech and yeah bad content and winning SEO strategy right Um, SEO is difficult because it's so broad from nerdy tech things to creative content like how do you do that you and you can't do that with one person I don't think yeah and that's why it's tricky and that's why SaaS brands probably often more like the content type of SEO and that's why they can't hire technical SEOs and and we're helping to bridge that gap as well as doing links and content and everything else essentially Nice. So I think we've got a pretty interesting service for
0: SaaS It's good. I've, I've, I work with some brands on the content side and they often will have a link person. And to be honest, like it would be much nicer if we work tight, more tightly together or had coherency between links and content. And Definitely. Um, like, like we heard in the Typeform case study, to be honest, like how strategic you guys were about like building links mm. to certain pages and like knowing how those all interlink together. And you do want my like, one view over this.
1: Definitely and links are interesting in the sense that SAS is, it's really competitive. If you know, like SAS is saturated with SAS right now. And if you go back like five, six, eight, ten 10 years, it wasn't obviously as competitive. So we did a study like a year ago and we, and we looked at how many links did you need to rank a page 12 months previously, and it, it it increased by 40%. So every year or month, you need more links to rank content. So the only way. To win is to start link building sooner mm-hmm. than later. Because if not, you're trying to rank for these super competitive keywords around software tools, and you'll need ridiculous amounts of links to rank, and mm-hmm. you're you are about to do it. That's,
0: sometimes those statistics what make me think the world of SEO I find like painful, you know, because it makes me think like basically it's getting increasingly harder and more saturated, yes. which is just it's just frustrating as an SEO. Maybe I think it also favors anyone with money, which is small brands. Yeah. The underdog was always, for for me, why I loved SEO because, you know, the underdog, anyone could do it.
1: Especially in SaaS, brands with huge investment rounds, pouring money into like different channels. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of SaaS brands still pay a lot of money into PPC and not into SEO. I still think it's undervalued. Brands spending millions on paid and then you can't get a small budget for content for SEO, which is mind boggling, right? But it happens. It's happening right now
0: that's actually a very good point yeah people are so willing to to spend i think the monday case study was a good example of the opposite like everyone was like how could you create a thousand articles it must have cost so much money but they were like but they were like do you realize like uh ppc spend (laughs) this is like a drop in the ocean it makes us way more money
1: yeah yeah this because ppc teams and people have masses of proven roi and i think seos struggle to show the value of what they do. And as a result, they can't build effective business cases internally. So they can't get the budget. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. it's true. Yeah, it's like the, there's a delay obviously in SEO as well. So like with PPC, you can be immediately like, oh, look, this is it, this is what's happening. Cool, I wanted to ask you like, let's go into the case study of the day, which is a company called Maze. Sure. Who started working from, from like, you know, pretty much day zero when they started to explore SEO and looking at yes. it for, as a way to drive revenue. Could you just tell me more about them? Like why they approached you for help? What was their original challenges? Sure, sure.
1: So Maze is a product research platform and they aim to empower product teams to run research studies from like prototype testing, from like your Figma design, you can plug it into Maze and you can do what is called a maze where you run people through a series of questions and mazes to see if they can use your prototype before you spend costly money on developing that prototype through -hmm. development teams. And they recently launched like live testing as well. So it's essentially like a product research platform. Have you used it before? I've seen it before or is this routine?
0: No, no, I've obviously looked at the website, but not used it. Definitely suggest
1: it. So they came to us in 2020. They wanted to look into SEO as like a channel. They were basically forming their team very early on. I can't remember how many people they had, maybe say 15, 20 people. And there were like 100 and so people. And they wanted to basically invest in different channels. And back then scale, we were doing like one-off like roadmap strategy projects. And we did this for Maze to dig in and see is SEO a viable channel? Should we invest in SEO in the first place? Like what's in here? And my initial conclusion was no, it's too competitive. And back then Maze was actually called Maze.design, not Maze.co. And they were primarily looking to attract designers who wanted to test their prototypes and the design. SaaS space is very competitive, right? We dug into brands like Envision. We saw like they had like 27,000 referring domains at the time. So the oh, question right. was how are we gonna beat this giant that has 27,000 referring domains and make a dent in the market when it's so competitive, right? So basically we did a big like exploration into like how are they getting links? What content can we make? What like the gaps, what can we do? And InVision was very interesting because we saw one third of the links were to Envision projects, right? So People were creating projects in Envision and then they were embedding, they were adding a link to our projects in a website, in a forum, et cetera, sharing their projects. And that was like a link building growth loop that they had. And then apart from that, 25% of links were to free tools like freebies, like they create some cool like graphic design UI kits that they would share for free. They're like just like freebies, and they were getting links this way. And then the rest were like to like their homepage for like roundups. There's so many roundups. If you type in like design top design tools or UI design and UX design. It's crazy. There's thousands of these roundups out there. So we were finding that this is how Envision was getting links and dug into more things as well. We wanted to establish, can we break into this market or not?
0: Interesting. So you said, I think that's an interesting way to look at is SEO worth the worthy investment or something that we can win is to look at the link profile of competitors and see how difficult that is to challenge.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then you have to compare it to, well, your lifetime value of your SaaS and work out, is it worth the effort? You know, because if it's high effort, you need the big lifetime value to recuperate that investment to Mm -hmm. make the effort worthwhile if that makes sense. If your lifetime value is tiny, it's -hmm. probably not going to be worth the effort to try and break into a super competitive market unless you find super long tail keywords, for example.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a common approach that people end up taking, isn't it? Just going like super targeted on the non-competitive parts of that. That, Definitely. Yeah, cool. So you started with them in that initial project, and then said no.
1: Well, I thought no, and they said yeah, let's go and do it. All oh, right. <laughs> what we did is we basically in the beginning we kicked off doing like a link building recurrently every month, and their team was creating content, etc. Because when you begin, you don't have a huge budget, right? So you have to kind of prove, and also you have to prove something works, right? You can't put a big budget into someone and say and convince someone to spend a lot of money unless you validate that this new tactic or project is actually going to have a return, right? So they were creating content internally. We were doing links because we knew we needed a ton of links yeah. to actually make things rank. And it was a period of say six months, we proved that we can create impact together, right? The links that we were securing were actually ranking pages in a competitive space. We were obviously giving them advice at the same time. Yeah. And then after that, they said, hey, let's partner up on like a bigger basis where we're working on like strategy, technical, like many more things. But it began on how do you validate that's when it's working and I think that's really
0: important so they were running like some content stuff internally I guess is what you're saying and you on this you are basically accelerating their growth with your link because yeah back then you were more of a link focused company
1: exactly
0: and then so what did you do what were the results in those like first six months and also could we talk more about how your other stuff that you've done with them since and like strategies around definitely
1: the results in the first six months I can't remember The top of my head to be honest with you. But um in terms of like results to date it's gone from like zero to thirty-five thousand clicks and we've gone to, from zero to more than nine hundred signups in in into the product right to vanity. So we focused on how can we actually drive signups and yeah. then the next project would be to dig in and see what signups are actually converting into revenue and where can we yeah. actually dig down further into that. And yeah. the reason why we didn't focus on customers right in the beginning is If you have nothing, then there's not much to go on. You can't say I'm getting two signs per month. Why can I drive revenue when you don't have any data? Mm -hmm. such a new annual selling from zero. And Maze is interesting in the sense that they basically built, in the beginning, they were building a new category and no one was looking for what they did. No one was looking for like prototyping, testing, platform, XYZ. So yeah. So in the beginning, it was more of a, how can we create demand than capture demand? And I think that's, controversial because most people would say SEO is hundred percent demand capture and not demand. gen. Yeah.
0: I've, I've, I think this podcast will come out before the other one, but I've t- I did a whole podcast the other day about why we believe SEO is a demand generation channel as well as a, demand. Okay. Yeah, but this is great. Like you, you can scoop them with your opinion on this. Yeah, I totally agree. Wait, so nine. So are we saying 900, So like basically from zero to 900 signups a month? For the- From non-branded
1: SEO, yes. Yeah. So if you non-branded. see page, pricing pages, feature pages.
0: Yeah, okay, so like no- the, the content that and landing pages that are organically ranking drove those basically. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it's also last click, right? So probably there's many more signups that we want attributing yeah. because the last click, because like you said, if you're creating demand, people yeah. aren't going to come and just sign up on the same session. So probably there's a lot more.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah yeah basically you're pulling with the value of your content and the education you are those people might go away but come back and they've learned about you and your yeah partner.
1: exactly that's just a tricky thing to attribute i think from yeah. masters in general is how do you attribute like these types of in things you probably come across it before the only way is to add in a question how did you hear about us but even still yeah. people might can say oh why it was SEO." <laughs> Yeah. you're going to realize that it was SEO, you know? So it's kind of, it's it's, it's kind of tricky.
0: Yeah. It, it, that's always been a, a tricky one for marketers to understand every team is fighting for their budget. So they want to, they want to claim the attribution. Yes, but it's a tricky one.
1: Overall, you have to like a blended approach. So you say as a marketing team as a whole, we're going to have, it depends what, if you like cash payback periods. we're going to recuperate our CAG within 12 months. As the whole marketing team, it works. And then on a a channel basis, you can pick a model. If it's SU, you can say, last week, Google Analytics, is it increasing every month? And then we see whatever other channels are surveyed. And you can look at things on an individual basis. And then holistically, you can look at the payback, if that makes sense. And that way you can still scale up. And obviously, different channels work differently. And you can't look at an ROI of every channel. Like I remember when I was previously working at Typeform. We were asked to measure the ROI of swag. <laughs> you can't measure the like, ROI of swag sending to customers, yeah. you know, like T-shirts yeah. and stuff. Yeah. like I
0: almost think swag is more of a good sign of, it's almost a good test of your community. Because if people actually want to buy your stuff with your name on it and your swag, mm-hmm. like, then your marketing's probably going pretty well, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: we were giving it away for free just to customers who would said nice things yeah. about us in type form. Mm-hmm. But the finance team said, hey, like we're spending whistling on swag. What's the ROI? Yeah, right. It's just some things yeah. you just do because you know it's right.
0: Yeah, true. I think I've heard, do you know Udi? I forget his second name. He's like CMO of Gong.
1: Sounds familiar.
0: Yeah, he's, I mean, I think he's quite, he's quite big on LinkedIn. But he's like, I have my 80% budget that I make sure I hit pipeline numbers and we like yeah. hit MQL, like statistics and all the stuff we need to. But then I have my 20% budget that I can do whatever I want with and that's yeah. the stuff we just blow on brand campaigns and like things that no one can measure and uh, they have some great stories i think for example driving like they just they wrapped loads of ubers in gong branding and just drove them around a conference that they weren't at instead of cool. going in yeah uh, and
1: that is the magical marketing right you do things you can't measure but you think it's going to have an impact and it's more emotional than functional and yeah so that's pretty cool that's maybe we need to think the same as how can 80% of the budget of SEO be things that we can measure, 20% be things we can't, you know, because it's really hard to make a business case for technical SEO. Mm -hmm. That's hard to measure, you know, like when you get asked, hey, did the speed give me more customers? Did adding schema give me more customers? Some things are really difficult to measure in terms of like tech SEO. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, 100%. And I I guess that works as well for like top of funnel content. Like a lot of people are, in b2b are like you know i think the classic thing is don't chase traffic don't go for yeah basically focus on the bottom middle of funnel hunt exclusively is what a lot of people say but you don't mm-hmm. necessarily know the impact of that top of funnel just brand awareness being there the multi-touch Definitely. kind
1: of thing so at maze going back to maze we did like full funnel stuff so we took the best approach which works which is like the whole building topic clusters from like the keyword research we did we identified like different topic clusters, which is more ICP, what I call ICP content. So if you look at the product awareness funnel from product, from problem unaware, from problem aware, solution aware, the problem unaware is I just call it ICP content, content which attracts your ICP, but we don't have a problem or need to your product, right? So we did more ICP content, but was related to the core features of Maze. So we had topic clusters on, for example, usability testing, UX research, et cetera. And within those topic clusters, we did the full funnel So we had like super top of the funnel, like what is UX research all yeah. the way to the bottom to UX research tools. tools. And then in the tools, we could plug in Maze and then what is, we'd still build the funnel, but it wouldn't get the most signups. It wasn't like the biggest signup generators. And there are many things here, right? The first one is if you really want to win an SEO, you can't just do middle of the funnel. Content. You have to do the whole funnel and build up those clusters one at a time sequentially and do something which I call topic stacking. So you can stack these on top of each other one at a time sequentially, and that's how you drive growth versus doing random stuff. stuff. Random topics isn't going to, random individual pages isn't going to get you results. That was the old way of doing SEO, right? You do your keyword research, order by difficulty and just pick off the top ones. But now you have to add in the clustering layer first them and then do them sequentially based on which one, has the best effort versus reward if that makes
0: sense yeah. so you would essentially like your process is this i'm going to make the assumption basically this is how you're building their revenue engine for them it's part like, of it
1: that's the conness thread yeah
0: okay okay so there's part of it okay let's focus on this then part of it is yeah so you're mapping out their pain points type thing the things that are going to attract their icp people with their problems that they solve and are likely to be, take value from the product and then building out entire like Okay, so this is the topic of that. Let's do it from top to bottom, one by one. Mm-hmm. Which is your all topic. of it,
1: the whole thing. Now the topic, that's the key. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And are you, to- do you, out of interest, because are you doing, t- how do you define a topic cluster? Or do you talk about, does it have to have the same keyword, basically? You know, it's all UX tools, UX research, UX this, or is it like relevancy to that topic?
1: I would say relevancy, but not going too far outside of it. Mm-hmm. So you're not really making like, blog category you're trying to make semantic topics mm. if you think of google if you think of seo as the google's knowledge graph in terms of the different nodes and how things relate together that's basically what you're trying to build out with the topic clusters and then the links reinforce the connections between the different yeah. knowledge graph nodes or whatever you want to call them if that makes sense just more semantically yeah. related it doesn't have to be exact match keyword. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it can, there is an overlap between, I don't, I think there's like a little maybe a danger of forgetting about the user experience if you just literally have Oh, yeah. We did
1: things as well, which weren't SEO focused, but we knew would add value, right? So if mm-hmm. we put out these subclusters, we'd create content that we knew would add value to the like readers, but was no, wasn't even an SEO keyword because we want to be, we knew this was like a content marketing thing. It wasn't just SEO thing. I think the word SEO content has a really bad reputation. When people think of SEO content, they think of 600 words crap, which is just there to rank. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, true. I, I, yeah. Even more so in B2B, it's super boring. It's just, so if you send me some SEO content, people think of that.
0: Okay, I, So one of the things I love about what you guys did at Maze and what Maze did is that the design of their topic clusters, it's quite, it's like people should go check it out, go on it's Maze and guides on the resource hub. And it's, yeah it just all flows together it's very well connected it's you can see yes. the content was clearly designed in clusters if that makes sense um, definitely
1: and it was it has like a sidebar like chapters it's not a blog like chapters maybe i said it on the previous podcast but i don't believe in blogs mm. because the blog is just random stuff it random articles in a subboard on your website you know you have yeah. to cluster them in a nice way and i think Another reason why we were able to like break into such a competitive market is because we just prioritized the UX of the user. We didn't just simply create SEO content. It was more content marketing focused. That right. also ranks. And that was key. A lot of people might say, I'm going to create all this blog content, add it to my blog. Yeah. I've added in my keywords. I've got my core web vitals in check. It's going to rank because that's SEO. But that's not SEO. <laughs> um, you know, like you might get noticed, but you're not going to get onto page one
0: yeah i think it's it's um yeah not enough seos think even through that not even that you may get noticed but you might not get to page one but you might get to page one but then when people land on your page they're just like this is average and i don't care about your content experience and but like if yeah, you have
1: an implication on your brand right if people exactly. land on there and then think your content is very good that's gonna impact their perception of your product and your company and what you offer and yeah. people will there's an argument that people don't really read stuff and they skim, so you shouldn't put any effort into it, but they're still going to read something. <laughs> and also you want people to share the content too because that's a link building loop in itself or a referral traffic loop. Yeah. So you have to care about the content quality. Even more so with things like ChatGPT and AI where you can churn out loads of blog posts, what's yeah. going to differentiate you?
0: And there's a real like um, tension in SEO right now. And oh, there always has been, I think, between like, I just want to get rankings and yeah. that the traffic is the most important thing versus yeah maybe getting less traffic but more targeted and more conversions from it ai is just accelerating that whole conversation because it's never been easier to churn out the content
1: um, but this is what makes seo so difficult right because you have to be a master of technical seo getting links ux research creating content cro it's so yeah. difficult is seo even just seo anymore is it <clears throat> marketing different marketing special like specialists working together to achieve the goal of seo
0: yeah yeah i agree actually i think um no seo should think in isolation i think behind especially with content teams and growth and all of that cool I, okay so what else in the like, so we've got like amazing clusters like built in stacks yes what else is part of the like revenue engine that you built
1: for them we work a lot on crm so obviously one thing is how do you get traffic the next thing is how do you convert the traffic and i think a lot of people assume that the cta should be get a demo or sign up and that's all they do on any type of content there's no real thought process or methodology between when i launch this piece of content what is the next logical step so when we design this at scale we always have the next logical step in mind And we use the product awareness funnel, which I mentioned previously. And that's, those are basically the steps. So I think a lot of people have doubts when you go around trying to think, what is the next steps? What should I do? And it's actually really, it's super simple. So taking some, if it's a, you have to tag all of your content, right? If you have a content model, which I discussed in the last podcast, Mm -hmm. um, tag all of your pages in terms of the product awareness funnel. Is it problem unaware, problem aware, solution aware, or product aware? And those and then I mean, you have to push people from one step to the next step, right? So if they land on what is UX research, which would be a problem, I mean it's ambiguous, you know. So you could say it's problem aware, and then you send them to another piece, which is problem aware. Like, why should like why should my company create like a UX research plan program or something like this? So you're pushing people to the next step, not straight to get a demo sign up. So we worked a lot on this and where to position things. Another thing is what we learned is. Sidebar CTAs don't really do much. What really works are what we call like inline CTA boxes, where you'd add in like a box within the content and that breaks the flow. It's, someone said to me once, if you look at painting, do you see the painting or do you see the picture frame? You see yeah. the painting, not the frame and the sidebar is the frame to the content. So you don't see the frame, you see the content, you know? So, so what nice. we're doing now is we're leveraging sidebars on the left or table of contents. And then inline CTA boxes in the content to, to push people to the next step of the funnel versus having just a sidebar C, like CTA, if that makes sense. Yeah, that
0: makes sense. So you will create, is it an image, like a custom image basically that sits in that, or is it built into the UX? And it just said... built
1: in, it has to be built in, because if it's an image, it won't be, you could hack it, but it won't be that, it would look pretty bad on mobile. It won't really be that response. It'd be, it'd be so tiny. You know so it's like custom HTML and CSS and then you can customize like the header and the and the body text the image and then the CTA mm-hmm. and then you personalize it against the motivation of the person right so you have to really get into mindset of who are, like, what why are they searching for this keyword what are they after and when how can you push them the next step you know and that's really important to personalize it and not of people really think about that they have like a generic CTA <laughs> but you get into the mindset of uh, yeah. psychology that's another thing right SEO and psychology. Yeah. (laughs) The psychology of the user. So they don't convert, they don't do anything. So you have to really get into the mind of what someone, what they really want when they're looking for this. I like typing this into Google.
0: Yeah. I think that definitely the best marketers are like the most like empathetic in that sense. Like they can really get into the head of a user and think, what is it that they're, what are they thinking right now? What do they, what, after they've read this content, are they going to be thinking like be able to really funnel them in some other way or give them what they need next?
1: Um, Yeah. You have to plan it from the outset. Like when you when you've done your plan for like a topic cluster, you have to think: How can I then guide these people to the next step? How am I going to do it then? It shouldn't be like an article like a publisher with content. Now, how can I convert this content? It's not get traffic and then conversion optimizations, like three different things. Yeah, because some teams work like that. Some people have a team that get traffic and they have a team that converts the traffic, which is doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, that's true. Cool. It it sounds it's really interesting how embedded that you really have being able to get in maze. And I guess, yeah, is that something that you do now, I don't have an SEO agency, but I've done some freelancing and I do that on the side of trying to grow this podcast as my primary thing. Okay. <laughs> and I do, I have a few clients, but it's, it's really hard to, you know, when you're balancing, you have loads of clients, you have a limited time of day, you want to clock off at six. It's really hard to embed yourself into the full growth team and you know, like truly spend enough time with someone, with a client. Do you find that? The
1: way we set things up is there's no one overloaded at scale. Like we don't just keep taking on clients like crazy. Like we have ratios and yeah. the way we built things. So, you know, one person isn't working like, you actually have dedicated time. So with clients, each client has like a whole growth team. So they have the growth SEO, who's more like on the growth side of things, how can we get to like the goal? They have like a tech SEO, they have a whole team doing like outreach link building, which is more than just one person. Like it's a whole team like working on this. They have what we call like content SEO, which is like on page, keyword research, UX, EE, AT, or like these things. Um, okay. And then right now they also have, have an editor for doing content and then writers. It's like a huge team. Yep. And we're super proactive, which I think is key. You know, like a lot of agencies are reactive. If you don't message them, they don't speak to you, which really sucks. You yeah. know, the, the way we're doing it is we're super proactive. We're, like, asking for things, keeping keep the people. the branch we work with accountable too, if that makes sense, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. like a true partnership where we have joint goals together for revenue, yeah. and we're working together almost as if we're one singular team. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah, I mean, this this is a huge benefit, I guess, of having not being just a one-person individual, but having a team yes. that specialize and work together and then work with your team and have yeah, like SOPs and things.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said, SEO is so broad, I think you have to have a team to make it work. Yeah, and in person you could you can be good at a lot of things, but to really nail it, I you need a team.
0: Yeah. Well, like I can I think I, I do resonate with that. Like there's no way that I could do all the link building and all of the technical stuff and everything for one client. Mm-hmm. Like what I end up doing really is specializing in what I do best, I think, which is the content. Okay. And making sure that Interesting. they have the strategy behind the content. That's cool. Because like, I ask
1: people like, what type of SEO are you? Because you're not just everything, mm-hmm. you're something. So you'd say you're more content. I'd be more yeah. like the growth side, like I'm not super good at content. You know? So everyone is a type of SEO. No one can, yeah, people gravitate towards a part of SEO, I would say.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. Yeah, I start, I think I started off just, It was more, yeah, I was more of a writer, I would say. Like, I loved that bit. Nice. But I was also like marketing lead at a company and they would just like grow the company. So I have the mindset. Have the mindset that content isn't just about editorial stuff. I was like, how is this going to help us grow and like get traffic grow? So I was way more at content, but for targeting. Um, the reason was targeting, like that's cool. High intense stuff.
1: But you know, that's cool. Yeah, I'm on the nerdy side. So I taught myself to program when I was young. I was building websites and I said, How can I get people to my websites if I learned SEO? So I came from non content into SEO, I think. Like, I guess you could say tech
0: yeah interesting but that's good I, it's good um it's good to then have a team to fulfill all of those roles in it like people yeah, you need it. really get into what they love
1: yeah you definitely need that like a lot of agencies they would give you and that's like no offense to consultants but a lot of agencies would have yeah. one seo person and then you pay all this money to like one person but what we're trying to do is build a team of experts that are truly going to build what we're calling says like this seo revenue engine actually drive serious growth as if you had a huge SEO team, as if you were like Canva or Shopify or like a huge SaaS brand out there. Like, how can you do that? And the only way you can do that is by working with an agency.
0: Yeah, cool. I think I think through. I know we've run out. We've run over time. I guess backlink building has been your like expertise from the the very first thing you did. I'm guessing it's still a core part. I know from this conversation, it's still a core part of yeah what you consider as key to getting something to rank and to win there's two things i think i'm interested in actually i know people really struggle to get backlinks still it's like a painful part of seo one of one of like what is your approach to getting
1: backlinks like good question i like that you said it's painful and i think that's how you can build a competitive advantage because so many brands find it painful if you are the one doing link building more than your competitors that's how you gain the advantage if you look on hrefs at your competitors, you can see how many links they acquire in like the past 30 days, which will quality. So you can look at like do follow one link per domain and then like and DR 30, for example, and you can see what is the link acquisition velocity against yours. And if you can outpace them, you're going to compound more links over time and build up like a much more competitive note towards them. So I think link building is, it's a great competitive advantage and for super difficult keywords, it actually works. Since so in terms of like methodology, many ways, as you pointed out to do, like, not a lot of them are super scalable, you know? So I guess some lesser scalable building tactics in SaaS could be, for example, like integration partners, right? A lot of SaaS, they integrate with different brands. Like it's a great way to, for like retention, like if you can get your customers to integrate with their tools then they become part of your workflow and they would channel less. Mm. so one like missed opportunity for SaaS brands is contacting or looking at your integration partners are you on their website or on their directory and if you are one link is in there maybe it's just the home page could you add some contextual links to different product pages use case pages that's a quick win to get linked you know so that's right. like product led sas link burner yep. you know? but that's not very scalable right <laughs> if you want to do links to scale um, I actually get contextual links to pages you want to rank. It has to be scalable. So the big tactic that we use at scale is what we call content collaborations. So it's basically one trending term out there is called relation, relationship-based link building. So yeah. I guess you could call it this. So it's how can you build relationships with actual, with actual good websites, real websites, not those dodgy websites that you might see in a spreadsheet mm-hmm. around there on the internet or somewhere. Like yeah. how can you actually outreach to legit sites? even like SaaS websites, build relationships with these people with a with a value proposition. And our value proposition is we're gonna create some really top-end content for you with zero cost. In exchange for like creating content for you, then we would like to add in like a like a link, more than one link, because if you add one link, it will look strange. Obviously you're gonna reference other websites and create a really good piece of content. But in exchange we would add in like a contextual non-commercial Link into this piece of content, and that's and we do this at scale. I mean, at scale, at scale. (laughs) (laughs) How do you?
0: say how do you? Is I guess the one thing I always wonder about that because I do obviously I get people reach out to me and I they want to write sometimes for my website and stuff like that and most of the time I and everywhere I've worked it's been the same Um, and I mostly ignore them because I don't believe it's going to be good. I believe that in my head I'm like they're probably going to outsource it to someone who isn't very good at content writing, who's going to yeah. represent our brand properly. How uh, how do you, if you offer this like high value content, like how do you how do you square the ROI of that like one link and a very good piece of content? Yeah, I don't know. How do you think of that? Is it that is, it, uh, is that backlink that valuable enough?
1: If, um... I mean, you have to compare apples and apples. So if you look at your competitor link profile on a tool like Ahrefs, You can see like, like how many links do they have within a specific range of metrics, right? So if you look at DR 30 and above, do follow how many quality links do they have in that range? What types of websites are they publishing on? And you could assume that if you were to acquire a similar number within that range, then it's going to work. So I'm not saying you need to have 10 or 20, like crazily good top of the end links on some of the most amazing websites out there. That's not actually the case. And one misconception in link building is domain rank or domain authority, right? you get, I've got DR-90 It's not the case, like you could have a DR-20 link or DR-30 link on a very contextually relevant website and that will pass more authority than on a DR-90 website on mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with what you want to rank about, if that makes yeah. sense. So, so, so it's more around finding niche websites and you can collaborate with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it totally makes sense. I think it makes sense, yeah, just from a logical point of view, like getting authority and getting yeah. ref- referenced by other authorities in the space versus, like, someone in a completely mm-hmm. different space. It's Yeah. Um, it's just a lot
1: of effort. to find these websites, vet the websites for, like, different metrics and etc. Find the people who run the websites or the correct people, reach out to them in different mediums. like, email, LinkedIn, Twitter, propose something to them, and then find people to write the content, make sure they upload the content properly. That's a lot of effort and that's one link. Yeah, so what we're doing at scale is taking all of this effort and doing it for SaaS brands, you know? So like, for example, work on like 10 or 15 links per month. And the beauty of this technique is you can get links to the, the specific pages you want to rank. Yeah. If you do like brand mention or digital PR, design, you'll build you' to different uh-huh. pages.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's quite clever what some digital PR companies do is like, they'll make a whole campaign about, a topic if that makes sense and then yes. link there that page on that other on that topic but it's I'm sure it's harder it's much harder to get a journalist to
1: and not it's not as predictable like it's hiddenness like maybe one month or one quarter with like a digital PR company you might get loads of links the next when you get zero so it's mm-hmm. less predictable and the approach you want to take is more like growth marketing where you want to have inputs and outputs so you want to map out what the inputs required to get the output so yeah. you can actually, and we can achieve that, right. If the input required is a hundred links, we can work on getting a hundred links to get insert yeah. certain outputs. So it's very mathematical. That's like the approach of scale. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's
0: a really great approach. It's really interesting to be able to take the uncertainty out of SEO, basically. Yes. Which I think because SEO...
1: the PPC teams have the big budgets because they can do <laughs> exactly. this. Exactly. So we can take this approach. That's yeah. how we can leverage bigger budgets, get bigger results, bigger teams etc so yeah i think we've discussed it before as well like how do you build a business case that's the biggest skill i think is suiting to learn building business cases and showing value that's yeah. going to unlock budgets and growth
0: yeah i thought that was one of the one of the really amazing things that came out of the last episode was that like yeah obviously the growth model and like what you guys do in terms of this like exactly calculating the input outputs yes creating a, how people can create a business case yeah. so obviously people listening should go back and listen to that
1: again yeah they should yeah. listen to that podcast and more of your podcasts
0: <laughs> yeah listen to all of it all the time thanks
1: yeah binge <laughs> have like a binge
0: <laughs> that's the trick like when i listen to podcasts they i always binge them but i don't know if you it, it, they tend to not be seo podcasts so i hope people are binging <laughs> and i, I got I, but i understand if they're not i'm sure
1: there's people listening who have binged your podcasts i'm sure there are
0: <laughs> cool is there
1: anything else you want to add? Like where can people
0: find you? Yeah, what's anything else? Sure.
1: People can find us at scale with a K S K A L E dot S O. So it's not C-O-S-O. Why Because it's trendy. Notion, Notion has S O. that's pretty trendy. There's more out there in SaaS. So there's lots of free resources on our website around like SaaS SEO, SAS marketing. Like we've put out a lot of content on SaaS SEO in general. Yep. On like these are things we've spoken about around like keyword research tech content etc and also SaaS marketing too and we spoke to like dozens of like experts in like the SaaS space from different brands out there so there's like a lot of free stuff that you can read and and binge as well so yeah
0: cool yeah I actually um would add a plus one to that I've looked at the content on your website it's worth a read if you want to dig into SaaS SEO cool hey thank, thank you very much for coming on the podcast it's been a pleasure
1: thank you Ben thanks for having me
0: Thank you so much for listening to the episode. If you enjoyed it, we have so much more content for you over at the How The Fuck website. Not only do we have like 30 plus strategy teardowns explaining the secrets of explosive SEO growth stories like Monday.com, Hotjar, Typeform, SurveyMonkey, and a ton of niche sites, uh, all from some of the most intelligent SEOs on the planet who've really been there and done it. Um, But we now also have a growing library of content operations templates and other tips, tricks and strategy guides to help you scale search fast. Join the club. We're all on a mission to do it. Head over to thefuck.com. That's T-H-F-X-C-K.com to explore. Thank you.